Welcome back to another episode of Inlendingar. You know it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Today, we so we just finished recording a really, really fun interview with Jules, mm-hmm. who you may or may not know from the All Things Iceland podcast. She had such an infectious energy. Mm-hmm. It was, I just thought it was so nice talking to her. Mm-hmm. And I feel like she walked away just being like, I want to be friends with her. Yeah. <laughs> like, keep her in my life. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> So she's um, she's originally from uh, the United States and has been living in Iceland since uh, 2016. And she married an Icelandic man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we just talked about her life growing up in Brooklyn, how she somehow ended up on this island. And yeah, her experience since she's been living here and working here. Mm-hmm. And we also touched upon her experience as a black woman here in Iceland and how she's kind of experienced that and navigated that over the years. So we jump into it. Let's go. All right, should we kick it off? But can you speak into the mic and I'm just gonna... Oh, should I turn on the mic? You say the most like ingenious thing and like no one knows. You're like, oh my God, that was so good. <laughs> okay. Okay. So Jules, welcome to Thank the you. podcast. Oh, I'm so excited to be here. Thank you for having me. We're super excited to have you. Likewise. We're big fans of your podcast. Yes. And likewise. This is like a, a big fan fest of, yeah. of podcasters in Iceland. <laughs> We've had you on our list from the beginning, really, oh. and just been like waiting to find the right time to reach out. So it's my heart. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> I think I saw your videos even before I moved to Iceland. Okay. I think wow. I saw, yeah. Must have been. I think I saw some videos of you traveling, showing some secret like hot springs. Yeah. <laughs> I'm happy also like there's just a variety of like cool, awesome people who are doing great things in Reykjavik, whether it's people who are born here or people who come from afar. Like, I love it. Yeah. I'm just so excited about all the things yeah. that are coming out of Yeah, things are happening like, here. Yeah, exactly. I think it's so, I'm, I'm so curious about everyone who moves to Iceland. Right? I'm just so happy. I'm like, yes, now I get to ask everybody everything about themselves. It's like, like I'm nosy for a living. Exactly. <laughs> it would be kind of weird if just like invite everyone for a coffee and just like grill them with questions. But this makes it more exactly. like, okay. okay. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's the idea. It's so, like a recording. Of course it's appropriate. Yeah. <laughs> so on that note. Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Tell us everything. No, yeah. just, yeah. But maybe before we go into like what brought you here, I would mm-hmm. love to know a little bit about sort of your background and We're how from. you grew up and your yes. family and <laughs> how I became the woman I am today. Yes. yes exactly. <laughs> okay, so I grew up in Brooklyn, New York, so New York mm-hmm. City, specifically Bushwick, and I'm born in the 80s, so I mean, this will be significant in terms of like, you're like, okay, great, just going <laughs> to read your birth certificate. Yeah. But <laughs> your birth chart, your moon <laughs> sign. Yeah, 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 exactly. I totally know those things. Yeah, so yeah, like my rising into that. And, yeah, We love that stuff. So important. <laughs> but in terms of that, the reason why it's been... I guess such an important part of people knowing that journey is because this was not a place that people wanted to be. So Bushwick in the 80s, 90s, and early 2000s even, this was kind of like a scary place. Really? Yeah, there's a lot of drugs. kind of trendy. Yeah, Brooklyn's amazing. Literally the block I live on now or the area I live in now, Bushwick, I think Vogue had it a couple of years ago as one of the coolest places to live in the world mm-hmm. and it was like seriously yeah. I grew up here yeah. I fantasize about right. living in Brooklyn do you really okay. I'm not a city person at all but like part of me is like it's just the cool pe- coolest place yeah, yeah, it, is, it is cool yeah. and it was cool to a degree but 
this was, it was dangerous because there was a lot of drugs and there was a lot of crime. And this wasn't like, you know, we talk about war on drugs. This is one of those places where they're like, yeah, we're going to go hardcore on basically arresting people. And, you know, it's just, it was really scary. And my parents and my mom is from Rochester, New York, which is not at all like Brooklyn. It's like much more. And at the time, I think when she was growing up, like Kodak and Xerox, they were started in Rochester. So like huge companies that Mm -hmm. made it an affluent place. So she's coming from that. And my dad was from Bed-Stuy, but uh, they met in uh, Rochester and decided to move back to help my grandmother. Okay. Got that part. Okay. That's, yeah. how, that's how they got there, right? Because okay. it was like, why else? Why would you move back to Bushwick in the freaking 80s and 90s, <laughs> right, with your children? <laughs> this is scary. Um, but growing up, I didn't really know about how dangerous it was because my parents had built this bubble around us to protect us. And it also wasn't very often where you had both parents were living at home either. So a lot of the kids were in situations where maybe they had parents who, like just one parent that was there or parents who were heavily on drugs there was even a kid that like lived in a crack house. There were probably a couple of kids who had this and there were like crack vials and stuff like that all over the street. So it's kind of a weird thing when I think of like the memories of a child of my childhood and how much fun I had. But I really like it is all due to my mom and my dad in terms wow. of what they did as well for the community. So they decided my mom at one point, because it's <laughs> a crazy story. My um, sister was being babysat by like a neighborhood person. And one day my mom came home and like picked her up and the babysitter was like, I'm stealing your, your child's love. Because <laughs> like, I'm with her all the time, right? And I was like, why would you say that? <laughs> right? like, you're almost like talking yourself out of a job. It's like a really strange thing. And my mom was so heartbroken by this. And she because my she dad. didn't have any? Or what, was, what does she mean by that? Well, she meant like, because I spend so much time with your kid. Um. That I meant in essence, like your kid is kind of seeing me like as their mom. Oh, so, I see. I see. Yeah. That. And my mom was like, no, I cannot deal with this. So she asked my dad, you know, like, can we figure out a way where I can stay at home? And my dad was already working, like, two jobs or whatever. But he was like, yes, fine. Do whatever you want. And I'll just work more if I have to, right? Wow. And what it, <laughs> what it ended up being is that my mom, because she doesn't know how to just, you know, not, not that being at home isn't a lot of work. But for her thing, it was like, okay, I can be at home, but I can also do other things, right? And so she decided to start a after-school program for the kids in the neighborhood. So the church that she was going to around the corner they have a parish hall. And so she's like, I can rent out the parish hall and the kids in the neighborhood can come and get help with their homework and I can figure out to write grants for the government and they would give me funding to like feed the kids. And then she changed that into like, expanded that into a summer program. So there was a summer camp all summer. So all the time kids in the neighborhood had like a safe space to go. So I kind of grew up with all the kids in the neighborhood oh. sharing my parents with all of them. Yeah, in <laughs> right? a safe space. Mm-hmm. From the age of four. So I didn't know that this place could be dangerous because it was like, I'm, I'm having fun with a bunch of kids all the time and we're <laughs> yeah, just what like, possibly go <laughs> yeah, wrong? Yeah. <laughs> and in the summer, we're going on field trips around New York City, which most of these kids, they probably wouldn't have left their area of the city just because it's like, you don't think you belong somewhere like Rockefeller Center where they have the giant tree lighting, right? My mom was like, we're going there because <laughs> it's beautiful and all of these kids deserve to see this. And her idea of the world even was just like, I deserve to be wherever I want to be. I can, you know what I mean? Like I'm, I'm going to instill this in my children mm-hmm. that we should feel like we're part of the world and not just confined to this one space in which we live. Right. And that kind of set my mind for later in terms of like even being able to move to Iceland. Mm-hmm. I guess I'm kind of coming. Cause it's not, cause it's not like an obvious thing, is no, it? To no, like no. go from there to Iceland. Absolutely not. But that sounds like your mom and your dad, your family were like really, really active then in the community. Yeah. 
Is that is that something that you has always been in your family? Because I think it's not like to set up an after school program for a mm-hmm. bunch of kids is like you have to be a certain type of person. Yeah, you made it sound like she just was like. I got the idea. Yeah, I'm doing it. Yes. In my <laughs> brain, I have yeah. no idea how she did this. Yeah. Like, no. I just know how, that it happened. Yeah. And like, she's told me some stories about like heartbreaking moments where they were minutes late from submitting a grant that would have like changed the program and expanded it even more and all this other stuff. And that's what the thing she like, not only things she remembers, but like the story she remembers of being like, it was horrible. We were so mm. sad. We were both in the car crying. It's like, terrible. But you still had the program. She goes, I know, but it could have been better. And I was like, okay, <laughs> mom, chill. <laughs> it was great. So yeah, there is this, I, I guess it's more of where my mom came from. Community was a big thing. So you're always like your neighbors are helping each other. But when you get to New York City, nobody is looking out for each other usually. And I'm not saying people don't want to, but it's like if you get too involved, you might get hurt too. Mm -hmm. Right? Like who knows what is actually going on between those two people who are out there doing, talking, fighting, whatever. And you're often about like just self-preservation. That's the stereotype that I hear about New York is that everyone is just like, like laser focused Mm -hmm. on their thing, just head down, busy, like Mm -hmm. get the get shit done kind it of is thing. it is often like that at the same time i've also like and i know other people do it too if i see someone looking around really lost in the train station i'll be like where are you trying to go yeah and then <laughs> and just like help them but otherwise i'm not trying to also like if you're falling over you know i might call the police to be like i think this person needs some help but i'm not going over there so i think like having this juxtaposition of a really strange environment and then this bubble that was growing up in and my parents also taped our cartoons so we didn't see a lot of commercials with us kids either. No. So this was up until like the age of eight until we got cable. Then it was like every all bets were off. We we're watching everything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but for a long time, we just had like cartoons we were watching. So my worldview of things were just like, life is good. I'm going to school. And I went to private school as well. So yeah. my parents, my, my dad <laughs> became a teacher in public school and said, my kids are not going to public school. Oh, right. And yeah. it was just like, <laughs> 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 I said, like, I'm like, wow, this sounds horrible. But <laughs> that's how he felt. He yeah. was like. It doesn't feel safe. Mm. Uh, he he's a huge guy. I don't know what it is, and uh, metric system is so terrible. To say that, but like, just say over two yeah. meters. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's tall. Yeah, tall. <laughs> if, if for people who are listening who know like the imperial system, it's six foot seven. <gasps> wow, that's, okay, yeah. that is massive. Yeah. I think that's huge. over two meters for sure. Yeah, that's for sure. <laughs> a huge guy, right? Yeah, so yeah. he was like, "I'll be fine." I don't think I've ever <laughs> seen a person that tall. Oh well, <laughs> yeah. yeah. It was. He was one of those people. You see him, you're like, okay. Uh, I mean, he's not scary. No, he was just huge mm-hmm. you know and like very <laughs> <laughs> i mean you see him because he always wore like business clothes too and so my dad was like why is this huge ass guy with business clothes <laughs> <laughs> living in bushwick like, i'm so confused <laughs> so what is him, going like, on here yeah, yeah it's like well, he, he wanted the kids in the neighborhood to see like a good example because he grew up in the neighborhood so he knew that like there weren't these like moral models so i don't know these strange parents that I had that were nice people, but yeah, they, really sound, they sound yeah, lovely. They sound yeah, lovely. Like, because it's like you have your own like feeling of your parents yeah, too, yeah. of like the sides of them that are annoying. And yeah. then you're like, wow, they were also really good people. Okay. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and would you say you're really close to your family? Like, are you yes. a close knit family? Definitely. Yeah. Uh, my dad, unfortunately died when I was 20. Oh, so, I'm sorry. Yeah. But we were really close up and of course, until that time. And then my mom, she, and my sister. So it's me, my mom, my sister, and my grandmother. I would say are the closest. My grandmother still lives in Rochester. Mm-hmm. My grandmother has been here. She came here for a wedding. It's the sweetest thing. She's like, I love Iceland. <laughs> At first, she was so skeptical. She's like, I'm not. Uh-uh. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds <laughs> suspicious. Yeah, I mean, because she's like f- born in 1929. Yeah. Okay. Like the things she's seen or the things she's had to do. 
to protect herself is scary. She told me she used to walk around with rocks in her pocket because if some of the white guys in the neighborhood would come and like harass her, she felt like she could at least throw the rocks at them and run away fast enough to get away. I was like, oh, oh God, geez. that is yeah. like this is you like you the have reality. to plan your walk home mm-hmm. around potentially getting attacked by somebody, you know. And for many women, this is, of course, in different cities and places, whether it's about race or not, that is a reality. And this is horrible. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, um, that's where I grew up, yes. <laughs> at least. And, and did you study in the States? Mm-hmm. So I went to Rensselaer Polytechnic Institute. It's a mouthful. Yeah, where's that? <laughs> yeah, it's RPI. So it's an engineering school two hours north of New York City in Troy, New York. So if you know Albany, yes. which is the state capital, across the river from Albany is Troy. It's just a college town on a hill, and you just study a lot and party a lot. And mm-hmm. That's what I did. And what did you study? Biomedical engineering. Okay. Yeah. So that's what I have a degree in. That is not what I do today. No. And I'm okay with that. I was going to say, I yeah. haven't seen any of that kind of content no, coming from no. you. you. And you will not if I can. I mean, I don't, I don't have any problem talking about it, but yeah. it's just more of, I realized, because I was doing a lot of lab work. So my, I was a materials major. And my idea was like, I really wanted to work on prosthetics and things like that, which in reality... I realized I didn't want to be in a lab, right? No. It was just like I, I picked something, and then I think after junior year, I was like, do I really want to do this? Maybe after college, mm-hmm. I will just give myself a chance to figure out what I want to do. And I, so I thought, kind of like what my parents did, I would go into a nonprofit type of situation, and I realized that nonprofit, it's, first of all, it's like a regular business, because they pay you way less. Yeah, it's so true. <laughs> it's like, do I really, am I really want to save in the world or do I need to save my, myself first? Because my mom was like, you're, you're your first anti-poverty program. And I was like, true. You are good broke as shit. Yes. <laughs> good point. Let me go do something else. I so. like your mom. Yeah, me too. <laughs> she's nice. Great, yeah, actually. She, she is quite wise. <laughs> so. I think this is a common thing in the States mm-hmm. because you go to university when you're 18. It's like, who knows what they want to do when you're 18? Exactly. And like, I did the same thing. I was like, I was just telling myself like, this is what you want to do because mm-hmm. it's going, you're going to be like successful in this or something. And then realize afterwards, you're like, that's not what I want to do yeah, anymore. But so I don't like it. Anyway. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> and it's, it's also not, me. not the ability to take some time off yeah. and think about it. Exactly. It's very much like you have to go to school now. I don't mm-hmm. know if it's changing where people are doing gap year programs mm-hmm. or whatever, but that's also something you think of for people who have more money. Yeah. whose parents yeah. can go like, okay, you just go, go have fun to, to Europe. Yeah, yeah for a summer a yeah. and go backpacking. Like, what? there's no way. Who's going to pay for that? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Like, exactly. I would have to work really hard. And then maybe after some years after working really hard, yeah. everyone would be like, why didn't you just go to school? Yeah, exactly. And it's like, takes the fun out of it. I was thinking about this really recently, actually. If I was designing the education program for mm-hmm. the world, tell us. I would, <laughs> I would say like, you do your high school and then you finish at 18 or 20 or whatever. And then you take five years off to just work doing something, Mm. something, because I had no idea. And Mm -hmm. I kept being, well, pushing myself into these directions, like, okay, I'm good at this. Let me just go and do that. And then I like suddenly have experience in that field. I'm like, like, I can't, I can't spend my life doing this. You're trapped in it, basically. Yeah. Yeah. And I think like 17 is no time to be choosing what you want to (laughs) do. Absolutely not. I don't even know. Like, I didn't. You don't know what the list is. Yeah, you, know, you don't exactly. know what you can do at yeah. age 17. Yeah, and it's, it doesn't also mentally for your ability later on when you're paying for this. That's the yeah. other part. It's yeah. like you're going to massive oh. debt. Yeah, exactly. And there's no finance course that says, so by the way, this is what the interest means when we say that you're signing on this dotted line mm-hmm. with Sally Mae or whatever. Yeah. Then when you get out of college, you might have six-figure debt, you know? Six and debt. yeah, it's like I know many people who have more than that. 
And that's because they wanted to get their master's too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, really? So mm-hmm. education is in, in essence a another, of course, it's a, a way of a company's profiting, but like in such a malicious way, in my opinion. And mm-hmm. like I went to a, a private university, which thankfully I had a lot of scholarships. That's the reason why I picked that school is because <laughs> So they're going to give me money to go there. So, okay. okay that's, you know. that's nice. Yeah. I still had some debt when I left, but nowhere near mm. my friends. And I mean, the kids' parents who could pay for their education, they didn't have any worries. But the majority of people who go there, they're like middle class and they're just trying to advance themselves in some way. So they're walking out with like $60,000, $80,000 debt. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. scary, really. Yeah. It's hard. And you just feel like you're literally taking steps back Mm -hmm. you're supposed to be the most excited about your life beginning Mm -hmm. in this field that you have no idea if you really want to stay in right yeah yeah. and then you like you said you feel forced to stay in it and I know many of my friends who are you have to pay your debt back yeah exactly Mm. so so where did you go after your degree uh, I I worked for a nonprofit called the White House Project which helped women to run for political office Okay. So it's a nonpartisan thing. And that's what was all like, women empowerment. So We're going to cool. like change the world. <laughs> it, was, it was really exciting. It was a great uh, organization. It was intense, of course, because I think pol- politics in general is just one of those like fields I realized like, oh, I don't like this. Yeah, <laughs> like, this yeah. is- Especially in the States. I mean, yeah. it's, an, it's a doggy dog yeah. kind of field. Because you have like the Hillary Clintons, the Sarah yeah. Palin's. Like you have like this, you know, and that's not even the full spectrum. Yeah. But if you think about just like, Republicans and Democrats, that's what you that's what the people that you mm-hmm. see being pit up against each other or the newer, you know, individuals or the AOCs of the world. Yeah. yeah. Who've really broken through. And I commend yeah. her so much yeah. because it's just like inspiring. girl. True. You are fire. I don't mm-hmm. know how you keep your spirit up every day with what people are slinging at you and the amount of disgusting things and objectifications and all these things that she goes through like mm-hmm. yeah. every hour on social media. I would never even want to have comments on my social media if <laughs> I were to that shit off. <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah, it's like, no, please don't even <laughs> Don't even try because I'm not listening. But uh, eventually, though, there was a friend. I kind of made a friend, and she was a social entrepreneur, and she was doing something similar, but it was for private companies. And so it was, like, helping with diversity. So chief diversity officers in these huge, like, credit suites, you know, huge banks in New York or whatever, and Goldman Sachs. And so we were, like, going to these places. I ended up moving from White House Project to working with her. And we were a three-person team. It was so toxic. And I was like, why are we in these environments where, you know, it's well, supposed the industry to be, was toxic. Uh, the, no, the, the, the team. company was toxic. The company, yeah, definitely. Well, the, okay. There was three of us. And there's yeah. one person in charge. So there's obviously something happening here. Yeah. And so like, I, I saw the interaction between her and the editor. And I was like, I don't want to be here. Like, this is just not, you know, I, I believe in the message of women of color, whether it's black women, women from different, you know, places or backgrounds. And also just gender parity in general. And I got to travel to London for the first time ever doing this job. And it was so, this is so funny that like in, I think it's called Canary Wharf or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. That's like, like the, the business, business sector. Yeah. sector. So we went there and I, we walked into, I think it was like Bank of America, like huge building, whatever. And this woman sitting at the front desk, this black woman, she's like, hi, so great to see you. She doesn't normally see black people. So she thought she knew me. <laughs> <gasps> She was so excited because she was oh my like, gosh, it must be that I know you because many black people don't come around here. Ooh, and wow, it was, that's it was, telling, isn't it? Yeah, and she didn't say that at first. We just, I was just kind of like, I'm great. I'm really, you know, I just didn't know what to say. I didn't want to be people rude. Are so nice in London. Right, yeah, so yeah. Like, <laughs> we're totally pals all of a sudden. Right? Like, and 
And it was just, and she, later on, when I came back down the lobby, she was like, I'm so sorry. I thought I knew you because, and she explained, how I was like, whoa, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> it's that bad. And then Nikki, yeah. who was the person, she's uh, from Northern Ireland. She's like, see, there's obviously a diversity problem here. If you mean to tell me that she must believe she knows you because there's not many people who look like you who would ever come here. And yeah, it was, it was a fascinating job, but yeah. I was just like, I can't take this. Like there's three of us in a, in a cubicle, yeah, 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 and they're fighting. Yeah, I'm out. Yeah, well, I, well yeah. I'm like I'm gonna be next, right? Like, yeah, it, it's only it's only gonna go so far, and mm. I don't want to be part of a toxic environment. Yeah. It's such a shame when you like everyone comes in, or most people come in with really good intentions, and they mm -hmm. want to just go and make a difference and fix something, and then like something in the structure like in the system is like poisonous yes. and you can't be there anymore. You can't do anything about personalities. This mm -hmm. is the hardest part is that, yeah, like you said, you know, you read a description of a job, you're like, that is totally me. Mm -hmm. And you get there like, wow, these people are horrible. The <laughs> <laughs> worst. How is it possible you were the worst person? Yeah. <laughs> so, exactly. Yeah. Such a good message. Yeah. Such a bad person. <laughs> so I actually did a little bit like freelance research after that. There was some, a, a friend of mine that I met who was working for some company doing research. And she was like, yeah, you could do that. And I was like, cool. So I did that for a while until I decided to go into digital marketing because I realized that that was something that I really liked because it still had a science aspect of it, but also like helping people in a different way and this idea of like helping companies and like, or helping even individuals. So I really started honing my skills around that. And I ended up working for this company that ran events for digital marketing and also a publication about digital marketing. So I was like learning basically on the job all the time. Mm -hmm. And I loved that. Um, unfortunately, the company was not, I was, you know what it was? I was so focused at one point at going to Iceland that I, you know, this is like, okay, it's not, not going to work out. Meaning I'm, I'm looking forward to leaving. But they did have some layoffs at one point too that were so intense. Like it, it was like American Idol style. If you ever watch like, what? yeah, yeah. I'll explain this. I mean, this is so off topic about like, yeah, no, no. <laughs> but it's just such a crazy oh. story that I feel like I have to maybe write it down to remember it for later. But they came in and, and we had an event in Miami and they were like, oh, the event in Miami was amazing. Great job. So, and they're like a UK company, right? So the, the way they did it was like very like, and we're going to give it down to business now. Yeah, it's like, okay. sure yeah, it's like, it's like, it went from like, oh, we're having a great time to like, I'm scared. <laughs> like, why is your tone so different? And they're like, okay, so things aren't going as well as we had hoped. We're going to have to, you know, make some layoffs and we're doing it today. So what we're going to do is we're going to split you up into a group. If I call your name, you go with Larry over here into this room. And if I, you know, if your name is on this list and you go with, yeah, the so joy in this room. And it's like, basically one of those rooms is going home today. Right? That was, that is so crazy because that happened to me <laughs> no in, in Iceland. <laughs> what? We, what? The company shall remain nameless. What? But like that literally happened yeah. to us. But it was like um, the other way around. So crazy. like if you're, you'll get hired or not hired. It's like a yes room, a oh maybe room, no. and a no room. And you don't know what room Why you're going to. Why do this? Why? It, because they've been watching too much. Yeah. Um, <laughs> American I was thinking Idol. that is, yeah, yeah. It's like, I feel like if you want to traumatize people, oh my gosh, yeah. go ahead with be like, <laughs> we're, we'll put you in a group of all of you who are getting fired together. Like, what is wrong with what you? What is and, wrong with people? And the, I think that is a sure, like, that is a sign. That is a red flag. Mm -hmm. You don't need to work at that company. Yes, exactly. Guess yeah. out. Yes. Yeah. That, Run. That's yeah. what I said, like. I really started focusing on, on living in Iceland yeah. <laughs> because it was like the the momentum I needed to be like, I need to find a job there or do something or whatever because my agreement also with Gunnar before moving was to, that I would secure a job before moving. 
Okay, but let's let's yeah, yeah, rewind. 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 Who's good enough? No. Mystery Icelandic. So when did your interest in Iceland oh, appear? Ah, uh, okay. Well, technically, never. Never. <laughs> it wasn't like it was never like I'm moving or I'm, I'm even visiting Iceland. Okay. I learned about Iceland when I was in college. Okay. So I met this guy named Orre, and he was I'm pretty sure the only Icelander on campus. Right? Like I'm hundred percent sure. Yeah, there's always one. <laughs> and he like we 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 befriended each other at a party. So I always love this story too because it was so dumb. I was pretending to have an English accent. Right. <laughs> so this is me. <laughs> Hello. No. Hello. Can I have a cup of tea? Yay. I, mean, <laughs> I was 18 to be fair. It's fun, young okay. and dumb. It's fun. Yeah, y- yeah. Young, dumb and drinking. Okay. Yeah. So I She does an American accent. Oh, I do. Yeah. So okay, I do an American one too. <laughs> I'm not even going to try mine because I have, oh God, it's terrible. Anyway, but I was at a party doing this and some guy, it was at a, a frat that I knew the people there. And this person was there that I didn't know, and I was like, I didn't, wasn't paying attention to him, but he heard that I was speaking in this accent. So he comes over to me, and he's speaking in an English accent, and he's like, are you from London? And I was like, no. <laughs> are you? And he's like, no. And I was like, are you English at all? And he's like, no. And I was like, me neither. And I was like, weird. And he's like, uh, yeah, I'm actually from Iceland. And I was like, cool. He's like, you want to drink? Yes. And he like, hands me a bottle of vodka, and we start drinking. And, like, and we just became friends and started hanging out, basically. And he's, at the time, was a grad student. Which is kind of unusual for undergrads and grad students to hang out, yeah. but you know, I was cool. Yeah. So we ended up hanging out, and he's like, "I have friends coming from Iceland. You should come and meet them because they're hilarious." And I was like, "Okay, let's just see what these boring people are about. You're cool, you know." Mm-hmm. And Gunnar, who later on in life would be my husband, no idea, of course, at the time, he came, and I was like, "He's cute." And I just kept thinking, about it, like, yeah. and he even told me like his name. And I was like, what are you saying? Exactly. <laughs> and he's like, Good please night. repeat. Yeah. And I was like, he kept repeating it all night. And I was like, I, okay. <laughs> so what we're going to do, right, is I'm going to call you G Money. And he's like, I don't, I don't really like money like that. Like, he was like one of those like anti-establishment. <laughs> don't don't want to like, be associated with capitalism type of thing. And I was like. Yeah, G money. That's a good one. And he's like, so he allowed me to do this, I think, because you know, thought I was attractive. So I was like, yeah, yeah exactly. He was like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take one for the team yeah, here. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but at this moment in time, I'm like, maybe I think I met Ori when I was 18. Maybe I was 19, 20. You know, I was like, this is I'm 35. Just to give you mm-hmm. an idea, this is very many years ago. Mm-hmm. So <sighs> I was not interested in Iceland. Okay, like there was no like, oh, I'm gonna be with Gunnar. Gunnar and I were not on that space or in no. that space it was just like you're good looking and nice to meet you after that night right mm-hmm. and Ore actually showed me a book in Icelandic one night I remember uh, we were at a party and I laughed so hard <laughs> so I was like there's no way people can read this <laughs> this language you're is ridiculous thinking. yeah I was like close it up and I was <laughs> like BS <laughs> don't have to worry about it and then of course years later I am freaking learning it reading it yeah, never say never, kids. No, you never know where life's going to take you. Yeah, exactly. So you met then when you were like 19 or 20. Mm-hmm. And did you start dating immediately? No. 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 So he was actually starting to date somebody. Mm, and he told me this. And I didn't want to be disrespectful of like, you know, flirting with him, whatever. And also he lived in Iceland. Where is that? I'm not I'm not going anyway, right? And I'm definitely not doing long distance. There were So engineering at the time, especially at my school, it was three guys to every girl. Now, granted, you have a whole lot of nerds in there. They're not very attractive. But, <laughs> but you just have some, you know, some good picks. So mm-hmm. for me, it wasn't like I'm really worried about having a partner or like having a good time. It was just nice to see this foreign guy who was really good looking. And that was it. Mm-hmm. But Facebook also became a thing at the time. Okay. Mm-hmm. And he, like we had Ore as a mutual friend. So he friended me. 
And Gunnar is, is great at friending everybody. Like if he meets you, he's like, oh, friends, we're all friends. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'll be waiting for my he's, friend. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> he's a super connector, if you will. And so I'm pretty sure you can, I'm sure you can find plenty of people in common with him in Iceland. Mm-hmm. Just FYI. So. <laughs> and so you friended me. And I remember like, you know, you just kind of randomly see stuff or we would like message. I'm like, how is life? And then three months later, good. Right? It's like we were not really in contact like that but and he got married actually so he moved to the united states oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> i was I mean, not expecting this at all. a whole lot happened in his <laughs> life i mean my life too but like not not major you know yeah. but like uh so he moved from iceland to the u.s to pursue his phd in counseling psychology at the university of ball state or ball state university i don't know how which way it goes um in muncie indiana mm. okay i mean it was just like a places that i would and he was like, and one time you mentioned he was like oh you should come visit you're like, no. No. <laughs> right? Like, why would I go there? Because it's like corn country. And if you've ever seen, like, Children of the Corn, the horror film. Oh, no. Oh, it's scary. So, like, it's literally films. kids who are in a cornfield, like, killing no. people. Okay. Mm-hmm. Right? And no, I was thanks. like, mm-hmm. so, mm-hmm. absolutely not. I was scarred. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was like, I'm never going there. It's, there's a lot of It's like this guy stocks. from Iceland in Indiana. Yeah, You're like, what the like, this random. is a horror film. Yes. <laughs> and the reason why they went there is because there was a... Um, an Icelandic professor who mm-hmm. convinced them. So his girlfriend at the time and him were both in psychology and they were going for their PhDs and then they ended up getting married and at some point they get to be divorced. I mean, this is like life just happens, yeah, right? Yeah, and yeah. I see this on Facebook and I'm like, oh, congratulations, blah, blah. And a crazy thing, which also was like when I think about life and how you just never know what's going to come together, mm-hmm. is that Gunnar's brothers, both Helgi and Grimunther, they were studying in New York City at one point. So he would come to visit New York City and when I moved from college back to New York City, he was like, hey, I'm here to visit my brothers. Do you want to meet up or something? And I was like, yeah. He's like, oh, my mom, my wife. And I was like, cool. And I brought my friend wow. and we met up. And I'm like, wow. you know, who this would be my future mother-in-law? No idea. Mm-hmm. Imagine like if yeah. somebody w- had told you at that time. Yeah. Yeah. I would have been freaked out. I because like, I'm like, I don't think I should go. Because that would be yeah. really <laughs> weird, right? Yeah. Like, no, if you knew this information or like, wow. you know. Life is so weird. It is. And like, I was like, oh, these people are lovely. Like, I liked everybody. I didn't yeah. have like any intention in my mind or neither did he and that's mm-hmm. the thing i think it was so fascinating is that when we both were single it somehow linked up but he was in atlanta visiting his mentor and he called me and i was like i had just like broken up maybe like two three weeks ago with somebody and we were like talking on the phone and kind of like getting to know each other for real this time and it was in march and we were like we haven't seen each other in a long time we should plan a trip to see each other and so we decided in May, which is, I know this because it's Memorial Day weekend, so I had the time to go. And it's like, yeah, we should meet. And it's like, where should we go? And I was like, well, I've never been to Chicago and you're in Indiana and it's like easy for you to get there. It's easy to fly from New York. And so we, when we got there, the idea was we would just be friends with benefits, right? Because it's like, we're not doing long distance. He had said already that he didn't want to have a, a girlfriend outside of Iceland because he plans to move back anyway. So I was like, cool, no problem. But of course life yeah sounds simple yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, you, in your mind you always have it like listed out like this this and this yeah and i'm never doing this right <laughs> never say never, never yes. it's an ongoing thing in my life <laughs> because uh, that literally in the airport we were just like a couple as soon as mm. we met each other we like gave each other a hug and we kissed not a kiss no we didn't kiss yet we, we hugged and i was like yeah and i was like huh I feel like very connected to you. Like I didn't say this, but in my head I was like, this is really bizarre. Like I feel like we've been together already. Mm. Maybe because we were as friends having been like talking to each other on the phone, Mm -hmm. like really old school kind of thing. And yeah, it was really sweet. And I remember thinking like, I should kiss him. Right. And I did. And his face was like, 
But he, like, you look like, oh my god, <laughs> why did she do that? Right? It, it, that, that was my like. I was like, fuck, we're supposed to be spending the weekend together. This is the first day. It's like the first hour of us being together. I've already ruined it. Right? I, like misjudging what was going on. But he was just like, normally he's the person who makes the first move, and he was so surprised that a, a woman had done it to him. And I was like, yeah. So I was like, ha. Right. You have something yeah. new for you. Yeah, it actually, it actually worked out though. Because I was like, I felt like such an. I was like walking around like, shit. <laughs> this is gonna be horrible. We have an Airbnb together. So, yeah. And so since then, we were we've been together. Wow. As a couple, and we spent three years long distance. So well he was. Done. That's a. That's yeah. A, yeah, that was hard. Yeah. I feel for anybody who does does long distance. It is. No joke. It's a lot of communication, commitment. And I am one of those people who communicates a lot, if you can't tell. <laughs> I'm a talker. And I was just like, we have to talk every day. Yeah, and he's like, of course. You? Yeah. But he was like, about what? I was like, make up stories. <laughs> I want to hear what your day was like. And he was like, um. And it was like, there were even the first couple of like the week, first week, he was like, I have nothing to tell you. I was like, you did things today. Did you do the dishes? Yeah. yeah. I want to know. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Tell me. <laughs> yes or no. <laughs> did you turn on your computer? I want to know everything. I want to feel like we're together. Oh, no. wow. and, it, and, it, and it worked out because eventually he did come to this point. And that's actually still a part of our lives. Like we, you know when we see each other we talk about how our days went mm-hmm. but it was just so funny in the beginning to be like it's like why would why would you do that you don't need to talk to somebody every day <laughs> yes you do <laughs> it won't work out okay um and so, so did so then was he back in iceland so that's the interesting thing so he was in indiana i think for like another year or so year and a half and then he moved to uh i almost said spain to maine i wish it had been spain <laughs> great. he moved to maine for an internship and every time, like, he was either in Indiana, I mean, I, I technically considered it, but I was like, nah, it's not going to work out. Like, I mean, I have a job, and I have a decent amount of money at my job. I'm not leaving. <laughs> right? Yeah, like, yeah. and I Fair enough. worked myself up to a point where, like, things were pretty comfortable for me, and I could afford to fly every month. Mm-hmm. Like, either he was flying to me or I was flying to him. It was also a part of our agreement. And so when he moved to Maine, uh, it was like, well, this is only for a year, so I'll just find Maine, which Maine can be lovely, but it's so cold. Is it? In the winter, it's like bone chilling cold. It's Oof. like horrible. dry cold. It's no, it's wet. And yeah. it's, yeah, <laughs> exactly. It's, it's, it's way worse than I feel like Iceland gets unless you're going to go like way, way north or something. So, yeah, we made that work. And then he moved back to Iceland. And then it was like, okay, I'm going to figure out how to do this. And we had already gotten engaged at some point too when he was in Maine on my birthday. He beat me to it. We <laughs> went to Were you was, planning on yeah, it? Yeah, I had the ring and everything. Really? And I was like, oh, damn. No. You're gonna Good do job. the first kiss, yeah, and yeah, the engagement. Yeah. But I think I think it worked out well. I mean, he needed to have something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it was just really sweet. And and at that point, it was when I was thinking about moving to Iceland too. A friend of mine was like, "You're already engaged. Why don't you just get married, have a small ceremony?" And then the paperwork is a lot easier. And I was like, you're so smart. Yeah. What a good friend you are. <laughs> <Right to laughs> help me like tackle this. So uh, we actually, our wedding anniversary, our sixth wedding anniversary was yesterday. Oh, congratulations. Yes. Thank you. Of the same one that we had a small ceremony in his mom's living room here in Iceland. Uh, but the humanitarian society. Yeah. So we had planned like to elope originally, but my mom heard about it. <laughs> she was like, there's no way you are getting married. I don't care if it's in a closet. I'm coming. Yeah. <laughs> like, so when she heard about me coming to Iceland. Okay. So I'm also skipping over some stuff. Not purposefully. My okay. first visit to Iceland is 2013, mm-hmm. by the way, just for people. 2013, 2014. And I then convinced my family to come after that. My sister, my mom and her wife at the time. Mm-hmm. And then things, whatever. So 2015 is when we got married. Mm-hmm. Okay. 
in Iceland. In Iceland. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I had, and I was the paperwork stuff was annoying as well <laughs> to yeah. like get everything in time because the morning of that we were supposed to get married, uh, that's when the lawyer at like Cecil Modern was like, okay, really, I will accept this. I've heard of so many horror stories with like people trying to get married and like yeah. it not being possible and all of these things. It's funny because I hear often like if you have any issues, just get married. But then it does yeah. not, that's not the case. I guess. It, just, it, just, it just depends problem. on this, like on this particular paperwork for some reason. Yeah. This one thing they needed, I don't know, birth record something, something really. Oh yeah, they also really want to that you've never been married before. Mm. And in New York City, does it matter? Yeah, exactly. Whose business yes. is that? Yes, because <laughs> it's like your own. Because they don't want to authorize a wedding for someone who's already married. Mm. So if oh, you okay. have been married before, you have to show your divorce paper. Okay. So Gunnar had to show that. And then I had to show that I've never been married. But regardless, it worked out. And we got married by the Humanitarian Society, which is really mm. sweet because neither one of us is religious. So mm-hmm. we just wanted to have like wholesome love. This is what we're doing. Mm-hmm. God doesn't have to be involved, you know? Yeah. My, my mom was like, fine. <laughs> like, I'll, I'll be praying anyway. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly. <laughs> we had, Two years after that, we had our, like, big wedding celebration for the people we didn't invite because everyone felt like we were assholes. It was just not, like, pretentious. It wasn't, you know, this was overly, it had to be perfect or anything. It was just, we're doing it, getting it done, and then seven months later, I moved to Iceland because in that process, I ended up finding a job. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it was, it has been crazy, but awesome. It's such an adventure just even coming here. And I moved in 2016. Okay. I, like, I, I did too. Yeah, you did. 2016. I yeah. feel like 2016 is like a time where a lot of people end yeah. up coming here. It's probably because Trump was selected. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, well, I came before, technically, in okay. June. I came in okay. June. Okay. So you came after. Yes, I came okay. right after. <laughs> <laughs> so, that's it, folks. So, yeah, like, yeah, that's it. Is that what you had in your mind? If like... Uh, no, I had it already decided that I was coming, but it was like a, it was a great farewell. Like, yeah, <laughs> I was like, yeah. okay, so middle, middle fingers to the US. I'm like, yeah. get out of here. You guys yeah. figure yeah. this shit out. Yeah, exactly. It's like, but I want to take all my loved ones with me. That was yeah, also kind that of is like, the hardest part. Yeah. Cause like, you're like, you're still really connected. So yeah. it's not, not, not like you actually leave, but, but like, so, so you've been here for almost five years. Yeah. Five and a half. Are you feeling like rooted? No. Mostly. I think it's mainly because I'm still working on the language part. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Aren't we all? Yes. But I feel like it's it's hard because you get really hard on yourself if you've yeah. been here a certain amount of years and you're just like, yeah. why? Why doesn't it feel like I've progressed enough? And yeah. you're, mm-hmm. you're super self-critical about it. And I used mm-hmm. to just not even want to talk about it mm-hmm. because it brought up so many emotions. Yeah. And I didn't, I took some classes here or there, but I didn't do like a university or anything. And I've actually considered that because like so many people I've talked to have done the university and that's just worked really well for them, even though it was a lot of work. And I was just like, maybe that's what I need. It's just someone else to structure this for me mm-hmm. because clearly I have a life <laughs> and my life, I'm allowing my life to get in the way because it is, it's difficult. It's yeah. challenging. It pushes yeah. you. you know? We've like talked about this so much, like on this podcast about like how to balance this language thing, because you were saying like, you know, your life gets in the way right, in yeah. like inverted commas but like what else are you supposed to do like right. you, your identity can't become learning a new language you have to live your life yeah. and I think it's like valid to do that it's and also that, like knowing your priorities like yeah. do you want to you know like make, make good relationships with people yeah. or do you want to be like practicing Icelandic I mean I want to make relationships with people <laughs> yeah. rather like, than that either is valid both yeah. is valid but one thing that I have like I always think about because I I think I saw one of your videos 
um, which was about when you spent 31 days speaking mm-hmm. only Icelandic mm-hmm. with your partner. Oh, yes. And <laughs> something about that like has just lodged in my like brain because I'm like, how did you do that? Like, <laughs> and I just wonder how like that experience was for you. And I know mm-hmm. you've talked about it on your podcast, mm-hmm. but... Um, yeah, how was that? Because like you're not fluent in Icelandic, but then suddenly you committed to speaking only Icelandic mm-hmm. for 31 days. Yeah, it was challenging. The first two weeks for sure, I think was the point where we were just like, any day now we're going to give up because yeah. we're just feeling frustrated. Like he's feeling frustrated trying to explain certain things to me. And I'm feeling frustrated not having enough words in my vocabulary to make sure you understand how I feel. And if I'm upset about something, mm-hmm. oh, you know, I'm so good at advocating for myself in English that yeah. I just... It was so it felt like I was handicapped or something. Mm-hmm. So did you really stick to it? Even oh, yeah. if you were upset, you mm-hmm. would be upset. <laughs> we we had some instances. It wasn't a whole day, but just some instances in which we allowed we were allowed to speak English if we really needed to. Like he was reading like really bad. Like we we're just you know maybe really upset with each other. We don't normally have that time. We we're so mad that we're just like I need to talk to you in English now. It's going to explode. But yeah, we had maybe a couple instances. But the days all we did all of the days, and at the end we were actually like. We're, actually, we're kind of comfortable with this. This is weird. We did stop it. Yeah. They take a break. And I think even though that was good, it was a little bit of a mistake because you... To take the break. You, you well, yes, because you you say to yourself, like, we're going to we're gonna pick it back up, like, in two weeks, right? We'll just do it in two weeks. We don't. Mm. And then you go, like, okay, so for a week, and then maybe, you, you know, maybe you'll do it. So mm. we talked about our days in Icelandic together. Like today, mm-hmm. yeah. But we, well, we were spending the day together. He's yeah. outside in the lobby, so, yeah. he, so he knows what I'm doing. <laughs> but still, like, if I wanted to explain maybe what we're talking about here, then I will do my best to do that, and that does help me a lot. But I'm, I've been heavily avoiding grammar, like mm. just you know, like the grammar exercises, which I know would be a lot of help. So I just need to do it, honestly. I, I'm avoiding it as well. Yeah. I think it's also just, it's such an obstacle for me. To feel comfortable speaking Icelandic because yeah. the more I know how wrong I'm speaking, the less I want to speak. And then I'm just like, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. It's hard so. to explain it to people who have gotten over that hump because mm-hmm. it's like they forget yeah. how hard that port, that part is for most individuals, especially if you're an accomplished person. And I mean accomplished meaning like in your life you feel good about who you are and you like making connections and you're basically just trying to continue to thrive in your life and not feel like you're a child. That is the that is yeah I don't that's like, you know you don't want to go <laughs> somewhere child yeah. <laughs> you don't want to go into a new country feeling like you're just going totally backwards yeah, exactly. and that I know so many people are like well I did it and it's like I I congratulate you mm-hmm. I really do I appreciate you as a person but that does not help <laughs> I'm not yeah, yeah. Like, I'm, it doesn't help to be like you just have to do it it's like yes but I also I think need maybe something else I mean mm-hmm. maybe some other like structure or something else it's not just blurb into it you know people have to find their own ways like mm-hmm. claudia for instance who's a human rights lawyer here she her way of doing it was like whenever she heard a word she would write it down she had a book that she would just take with her and that was just part of like her process and i think sometimes finding out what your process is whatever that might be helps more than being like you just just, just put in the it. hours yeah that's so true and i think there are so many different ways of doing it like having a vocab book i've recently started um reading books out loud mm. just to like get my mouth used to the sounds and the things mm-hmm. because I often find when I'm speaking Icelandic I feel like I've just got stones in my mouth <laughs> yeah. marbles in my mouth yeah. you know and my like the like the actual muscles in my like mouth and my jaw don't do it mm-hmm. and so I'm like practicing just reading things out loud and like listening and stuff but like if doing grammar exercises 
just demoralize you, yeah. then of, you have to stay away. Yeah. From them. Yeah. You can't be doing them. Yeah. Um, I, I do find though, because I took one course. So I'm in like the B1, B2 category, if that's helpful in terms of, I mean, because when coming from the US, I was like, what What does that mean? Well, no <laughs> yeah. So, okay, A is like the intro level. And then A2 is, I think, high beginner. And then B1 is intermediate and B2 is higher intermediate. So I'm like, I took a B1 and I was like, this is great. I know what I'm doing. And then B2 and I was like, oh my God, I am dumb. <laughs> this is so hard. <laughs> because it's just like, speak, speak, speak. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I don't have a vocabulary. Yeah. I don't have the vocabulary. What am I talking about? Right? Yeah. We're, we're talking about everything. It was in the West Fjords. Um, in Isafjord, they have um, the University Center of the West Fjords. I don't know if you've heard of it. You go there for the summer, which is nice because the winter would be harsh. I mean, it's beautiful in the summer. Yeah, it's so, so nice. And I was there for three weeks. So yeah. B1 was two weeks and B2 was one. We should do that. Yeah. It's, I, I highly recommend it. It that is, sounds fun. That sounds really nice. First of all, you're spending three weeks in the West Fjords. Yes. Yeah. Oh, could and be worse. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and the teachers are really nice too. And you have a group. And it's what's fascinating is that sometimes you'll get people who are living in Iceland. But there are a lot of people who come who are foreign. A lot of Germans. I'm so surprised about so many Germans who were just like super interested in learning Icelandic. And it was a great environment. Like I learned so much about myself and like how much I wasn't giving myself credit for what I had learned. Because I was like, I actually am in Romania. Okay. Yeah. You know, like, <laughs> I can do this. And, and you did it by yourself. Yeah. And I mean, it, by myself, meaning like, yes, I, I went and did it. But like the teacher, I think that makes a huge difference when mm-hmm. they're open to you and like really pushing in a way that feels supportive. Like, there wasn't any time where I felt like if I didn't do the homework, I was going to get punished. Mm-hmm. He never cared, really. I mean, he would ask mm-hmm. if you did the homework, and I was like, I'm a nerd, okay? <laughs> so I sat in the front of the class every day. Yeah, I good. had my seat, and I was like, this is mine. I, I don't want to be distracted by anybody. I came here to learn. Right? It, was like, it was so ridiculous. I realized that the kid I was... You know, I, I, I replaying this as an adult, and I was like, "Wow, I was probably an annoying kid." <laughs> I was just like, "I want to. I'm here to get my what I'm paying for." Okay, it was weirdly entertaining to me because I was like, "I don't give a crap. I'm mm-hmm. going to do this because this is just something I needed to break through." And I also realized that maybe a classroom situation wasn't so bad in the first place because. I thrived a little bit on the competition. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and I, I realized that that's what I said about the university. I was like, maybe I should go to university because I kind of need other people around me who are maybe doing or almost doing better than me and be like, Mm-mm. Mm-mm. you need to chase someone. <laughs> I, am, I am doing amazing right now. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I need that validation that I'm doing good. <laughs> but I've heard that this course at the university is very good. It is. I, I can vouch for it 100%. If you can take the time to do it, okay. it at least will give you a safe environment and yeah. they take you around the town mm-hmm. and you're learning things and going to the movies and like, we had movie night, I think, twice a week or something like that. And they're trying, of course, because everyone's on a different, not everyone's on a different level. But I think if you were in the A's, it might feel like uh, if you've taken any type of lessons in Icelandic, you might be like, oh, I feel like I'm too, you know. Yeah. They can help you figure out which makes sense for you. But um, in B1, there were a couple of people who were like, I don't know if I belong here. But they, but I think they still were grateful for doing it anyway mm-hmm. because it pushed them in a way that they weren't uh Used to, and they give you a lot of information, mm-hmm. a ton of like things you can take home with you and reference if you wanted to. Have I? Not really. No. <laughs> so, like, no. I, I, sometimes I take it out of the closet. I'm like, yeah, I should really do those exercises today. Tomorrow. <laughs> Tomorrow. <laughs> Tomorrow's good. So, like, <laughs> I would also love to know a little bit about like your podcast. Yeah. Yeah. I was just going to ask the same yeah. thing. Yeah. I was so curious. So, uh, I, so when I first came to work here, I was working at... A outdoor adventure company called Icelandic Mountain Guides. 
Okay, nice. which I'm pretty sure they're still around. Because <laughs> it rings a bell. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And I was working in the marketing department, which was great because one of the aspects that they told me of the job was to go and experience things because how else can you market it if you don't understand of it? And course. I was like, oh, of course, I need to go <laughs> hike on a glacier and like <laughs> go into the highlands and stuff. And I was not this active nature person. I mean, for me, an active weekend was like, I went to brunch in New York City. <laughs> but this was I, hiking, mountains, glaciers. What? Yeah, glaciers. <laughs> what, it's like, thankfully, there's no like animals that attack you. That was like, I think one of the biggest selling points of Iceland was like, oh, nothing's going to harm me but me. <laughs> right? Like, I'm my like, own worst enemy. <laughs> Maybe the weather, to be fair. But they helped me to learn how to be equipped for the weather. And it was just so much I was learning and going to places. And even Gunnar was like, oh, I've never even realized I was there. Or like, I haven't been there since I was a child. So we can go do things together. So that aspect of it and people asking me like, oh, I'm going to Iceland. What what, what is about it that you like? Whatever. And I thought like, maybe I should start a podcast about this mm-hmm. because I'm not seeing what I like to talk about. And I named it All Things Iceland because it was like, I'm literally like the two of you. I'm just curious about everything. Mm-hmm. And I didn't want to feel like it's only about travel or it's only about culture or something like that because I was like, I want to talk about everything. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so when I, when I change my mind, because it happens a lot, so I'm just like, <laughs> today we're doing an interview about something random that came up about sweaters. I don't know, whatever. <laughs> I just thought of this. <laughs> yeah, and I just, Or I saw someone else do an interview and I was like, I'm, I'm going to ask them because mm. it's everything, right? So people have to accept that I'm going to talk about whatever I want. <laughs> I've tried sometimes to be like, this month will be a language, next would be culture, nature, and then like uh, history or something. But I just never stuck to that. So I was just like, eh. And no one seems to care either, which no, is no. thankful. And life, yeah. com- you know, life happens, isn't yeah. it? And you're like, I need to talk about this now. Yes. And a lot of people are like you also. I think we are. It's like you yeah. are interested in a bunch of different yeah. things. So it's like, it's kind of nice to one-stop shop. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so in 2018, I, so that winter for me is when I think of projects that I want to have. Like I give myself a big project every winter because it helps me to not focus on darkness. This is one of my coping mechanisms. I love that. Yes. Yeah. It is so, it's been so helpful. I mean, granted, like there's I made a video actually about like how I cope with Icelandic winters because the first two were challenging. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I tried the <laughs> light, the that. daylight thing. And so for some people that works really well, for me, for some reason my body was just like, ugh, I don't really like this. Like it just felt like I was just not vibing well with it. Mm-hmm. And but like exercising getting outside, having a big project, especially the podcast. I think I was working on it from January, February, and then I launched it in June. June is always, I always choose June for anything big in my life. I'm like, I'm born that month. Let's celebrate everything. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Which when you think about it, you're like, it's kind of not the best idea because now you have to like all these things you need to (laughs) remember. Like like, we got our second wedding, the big one, June 17th. (laughs) We purposely did that because my birthday's the day before. So I kind of like, I won't forget it. (laughs) But um, so I launched in June of 2018 and it was just one of those moments I was like, oh man. It's happening. What's happening? I don't know. But I have a podcast and I'm just doing it. I don't, I don't, I have no idea who was listening. No. If anyone cared. And I didn't care because it was just the idea of sharing and putting it out there. And I think that year I did 50 episodes. Wow. That's like pretty much every week. Yes. And then I was like, oh, I'm tired. Yeah. <laughs> and so I think I like ended up taking a little bit of a break. And then life also was happening. So like yeah. I had my job and then at one point I changed jobs. And mm. that that's when I knew that I really wanted to focus on all things Iceland was when I changed jobs because my job became so stressful. And I started making videos, like, just kind of for fun. And so then the I realized... the podcast became before the YouTube? 
Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. The audio part was definitely before for YouTube. Before YouTube, mm-hmm. I was afraid of being on camera. Yeah, understandable. I was like, well, I'm, also, like when you think of Iceland, you don't think of someone who looks like me, no. right? And I think that was the hardest part. Was was that something that you were like thinking about when? Oh you were? yeah, absolutely. Like would people be open? Mm. to hearing from this black chick from New York City lives <laughs> in Iceland, right? And it's like, what do you know? <laughs> it, it's like the imposter syndrome of like, yeah. even though you have right. the experience and you have really helpful things to sh- share, you're like, I'm not qualified enough for this or I don't fit the idea of what people think of when they think of Iceland. Mm-hmm. And I had to just push past that. because I was, And I saw another girl, uh, Tabitha. I don't know if you know about her, but no. she, she's from the UK. And she used to make videos by us. And I was like, she's doing it. <laughs> you know, she's, she was doing really well, right? And people were responding well to her. And I was like, you know what? There is space for me here. And I, and I always am like a big fan of, say, if you want to start a podcast or whatever, like there's so many different perspectives about things. Like we're a community. Like mm-hmm. I, don't, I hate this idea of like pitting yourself against each other and like being competition. Like let's collaborate. Yeah, okay? yeah. We're a small community there's of space people. space for everyone. Exactly. Like, and it, that's, well, I'm glad that that's what I mean about like the value that the two of you bring because it is something that so many people need to hear and there needs to be space for it and there needs to be just more perspectives because life here is so varied mm-hmm. and people expect like it's just Icelanders are this, or people who are Iceland are like this. And it's like, no. Yeah. So yeah. Many, like, it's, it's, I'm going to stop you right there. Yeah, 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 like yeah. The yeah. amount of different people I've met here mm-hmm. yeah. is among the population of people who grew up here or moved is insane. And there's so much more mm-hmm. and so much depth and layers and everything else to all of this, like scandals, you know, like that's like, <laughs> I think that's not funny to talk about, but it's just like, you know, when I first realized, it sounds crazy that Iceland had scandals. I was like, oh my God. <laughs> I get in. I get invested you, these yeah. days <laughs> to the scandals. I'm like, because yeah, yeah, exactly. you're also like your rose-colored glasses come off, right? Yeah. Like yeah. what you hear in media, international media about Iceland is nothing. You don't hear no, anything. Like when you're it. living here, you're just like, someone got murdered. Yeah, yeah. They no one's talking about yes. that got murdered, yeah. right? And it's just and how we moved right in, and one of the worst murders mm-hmm. happened. Yeah, it's just I, I thought Iceland was so safe, and then yeah. we moved here, and I was like, okay, are you talking about the girl? Yeah. So there's a young woman who was kidnapped and murdered and she was missing. And there was like this whole, I mean, nation yes. was just like, oh, my God. And I, I think it ended up being these Greenlandic s- guys and it was like, yeah. sailors or something like this. Yeah. yeah. And I don't remember were, her it name. It was kind so of caught on CCTV. There was like a little, she was walking down low. Yes. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And that was oh, the other thing because you're like shocking. female coming to Iceland, feeling safe. And she's born raised here yeah. you know and she was just Comfortable snatched off here. the freaking street I, yeah exactly. Oh, yeah. yeah and i also felt really scared for the greenlanders that were here and the harassment they might get just for being greenlandic yeah. you know yeah. like this so yeah there was like a that xenophobia yeah so that was that was tough for yeah. sure yeah. and changed a lot of people's a lot of young women's minds around like safety yeah. if they weren't aware already that there were potential issues mm-hmm. yeah yeah, sorry to get dark. No, I mean, but it's true. It's true. Yeah, it's like but you this, almost like block it out because you're just like you don't you don't want to like focus too much on what could be negative. But it's life yeah. in every country you exactly. come across this. So. Yeah, there was just a armed robbery in the building that I'm working in oh, at lunchtime. Just in but in I'm working in Kobor. Yeah, and there's a pharmacy on the ground floor, and there was like an armed robbery. What? Yeah, and came like special force. Everyone's like, what? <laughs> I mean, I guess maybe like, yeah. So crazy things do happen. Yeah, they really yeah. do. I mean, okay, then it, like maybe this is something that happens every minute in other yeah, countries. Exactly. But like, yeah. it's like, but, but 
this month. Yeah, <laughs> this yeah, one thing yeah, happened yeah, that yeah. was intense. Yeah. And that was like, but <laughs> but I think, yeah, it's more than that. But, but I think it's so important to have, you know, like an English, some kind of English mm-hmm. coverage on it mm-hmm. because we want to know as well. But yeah. sometimes if it's only written in Icelandic or you see it, if it's only on roof, which why can't they have English subtitles like on the... Yeah, yeah like they it? should yeah. just employ me to do it. I'll do yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, I'm it's in like, the market for a job. Yeah. It's like, I'm volunteering. <laughs> but someone to just talk about these yeah. kinds of things that like everyone is a bit interested in, wants to know, is curious yeah. and yeah. have it in English is so valuable. Exactly. And I you think, actually do that work, don't you? You do yeah. the news in English. So on your I've been taking a break from it though on, okay. on Instagram recently because most of my mom was here for some time and then I, I'm not sick now, but I had a cold and yeah. I was just, you probably heard a little bit. But um, if it's just like, oh my God, I'm so tired. I don't want to talk about the news, right? But yeah. that has been, weirdly enough, my most popular segment on Instagram, on Instagram stories. People always write to me like, thank you for sharing about the news. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> like yeah. I just I just had tried this because I was trying to think of something new I could do every day on Instagram. And I just chose one Sunday to talk, like choose seven news stories and talk about it. And people were like, I really appreciate you're giving this perspective and some Icelanders being like I'd rather watch you than the news because at least you're upbeat and I was like like, okay thank you that's true yeah so like I think it is really important work because I like I try to keep up to date but there is like it only I only have to be a little bit tired Mm -hmm. to to not Mm -hmm. (laughs) to not go on to VCID or Embed or something like that like it doesn't take very much much for me to not manage to do it so it is like uh, yeah and it's so important for people to know what's going on. Yeah. So to have it in English is just amazing. Especially with COVID too. Yeah. And the amount of fluctuation and changes in policies or like so many people who are travelers, they'd be like, so what are the COVID rules? I'm like, go to this link. Yeah, okay. Because yeah, yeah. I'm not going to repeat this every week. But still, yeah. there would be times where there were major announcements. And I think it helped a decent amount of people because they were just realizing that maybe, and this is weird. The news would update it, but the COVID site wouldn't always have it updated right away. Mm. And they'd be like, oh, actually, that, no, you can't. That's You can't come now. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's not funny. But, like, <laughs> but it would be like, you know, I'm sorry. This is not happening. No. Or it is happening. Yeah. and Or you need to do this or whatever, you know. But this woman, she's like, oh, yeah, I'm going to be quarantining for five days or whatever. This was recently. And I was like, you don't have to do that if you're vaccinated. She's like, really? And she's already in the country, right? Well, she's like, yeah. she just landed or something. And I was like, how do you not know? Well, it's so is, confusing. Yeah. All yeah. of these rules, they're changing every yeah. 10 minutes. Yeah, and exactly. you, it's yeah. like so hard to keep up. Yeah. So, I mean, at least you had that, you know. Mm-hmm. I guess well, at least you had extra time to go and do things. But it was, yeah, but it can be tiring. I think that's the problem is that the news, I, I commend people who are news anchors having to talk about this stuff all the time because mm-hmm. there's so much stuff that's not fun. It's not okay. easy. And I've had some, very few, but some people who were like, I think I talked about the okay, there's an artist in Iceland who uncovered some archives from during World War II and the Holocaust, and how the Minister of Justice at the time did not allow as many Jewish people in. Like they they were writing letters, like pleading, you know, asking. Oh, for like asylum. Yes, yeah, exactly. And so this is kind of like supposed to be, you know, you see this from the past. Let's learn from the past and what's happening now. Mm. And so I brought this up and I was like, I'd love to have this person on the podcast because he's of Jewish descent. He's not Icelandic. I don't think if he was, maybe he's just a visiting artist in Iceland. I'm not sure. But he had up all of these letters that you could go and read. And it was just like just the idea of it was like, oh, this is like, excuse me, so heavy. But this is not a stamp on Iceland as being anti-Semitic. Right. It was like, obviously, the Ministry of Justice clearly wasn't doing their job. And maybe they were 
you know, anti-Semitic, or maybe mm-hmm. they had some, you know, Nazi affiliation or whatever, who's to say necessarily. But this person took it as I was like leaving Iceland as this mm-hmm. potentially. Oh, and it was like, and that's not at all what I said. And I was mm-hmm. like, what? <laughs> it was, it was like very, like, yeah. yeah. And it was almost mm-hmm. like, as if you can't bring a critical point mm-hmm. yeah. because I'm, like, I'm an outsider, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like you clearly, you don't know it well enough mm-hmm. as the insinuation. And also what annoys me about that is that people are more upset about being called anti-Semitic mm-hmm. than the incidents of anti-Semitism. Yeah, 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 yeah. I was like, these yeah. poor people died. Yeah. You know, yeah. like, they, like a lot of those people who letters, like they didn't get let in, they died in a concentration camp. Yeah. Right? So this would have saved their lives. Mm-hmm. And I don't doubt there's anyone who would look back and like, I wish we had done something different. I mean, unless, unless it's a person who's hateful and disgusting. Mm-hmm. But those other people, not like <laughs> this, with the majority of people. And so this for me was just more like a critical point to bring up. And then we can talk about things that are happening now, which is yeah. always like a, you know, you kind of have to toe the line in a way so that you don't feel peop- like people are, well, actually, sometimes they, they do need to just know wh- whoever they are, U.S., Iceland, I don't care what country it is. Mm-hmm. If you're not doing the right thing, you're not doing the right thing, right? Yeah, exactly. But I'm yeah. not here to do that necessarily. I like having the experts on yeah, <laughs> who can be like, this is actually the thing you should be doing. It's like, good. I can get to be like almost like a kid in this way, the curiosity part where you just like ask a bunch of questions that might seem like they're very simple. But when we get down to it, like it's the simple things that are usually not being done right mm-hmm. in the first place or that need to be fundamentally changed and mm-hmm. all that. But yeah, that was a reaction I got. Mm-hmm. And it was just like... What? Yeah. Are you d- and like eventually the person's like, oh no, I'm sorry. I didn't. Re- I realized maybe I was like taking it too far. And you're like, yes, you are. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> but it's like just but the idea that you already feel othered because normally I feel very like included and my Icelandic family is awesome and mm-hmm. like I don't walk down the street feeling like people are treating me like crap or anything. But this instance was as if like I'm so dare you mm. say yeah. this about Iceland. You know? well, I was actually yeah. going to ask about that because like you have a couple of episodes on your you talked about your experience as a black woman in Iceland Mm. and you also talked with somebody who's like an expert on racism in Mm -hmm. Iceland that was was a really interesting I would definitely recommend people going and listen to that one and kind of you talked about kind of Iceland's complicity in Mm. kind of colonial behavior and like to be able to be part of acceptance acceptance into Europe as like a European they mm-hmm. ha- they basically used their whiteness and that they were getting higher education yeah, Those, I, yeah I thought it was really interesting you talked about how so okay maybe Iceland wasn't directly involved in XYZ but they like took on like they took on racist language or something mm-hmm. So as to distinguish themselves from other colonies, mm-hmm. so that yes. to take the side of the oppressor. Mm-hmm. So, like, there's it was. I th- definitely recommend that episode. Yeah. Um, but I would love to hear um, a little bit about your experience yeah. from that point of view in Iceland. How is that? How is that? Yes, I, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to point out that the person that you're talking about is Dr. Christine Lofstotter. She's okay. the one who's done the research. Mm-hmm. I just got the chance to go and like talk to her. So she's been doing this for like over a decade, yeah. and she's just insanely insightful. So, like you said, if you look for the episode, her name. To look for, yeah. <laughs> uh, but okay, my experience <clears throat> has been overwhelmingly positive, Great. and I'm very, very grateful for that because I think it would be really hard for me to come out and talk about Iceland positively, being like, "Oh, it's okay," mm-hmm. and it's like, and everyone walking down the street, and everyone's calling me the N word or something, you know, something really messed up like this, yeah. which that's never happened. But mm-hmm. I do know, like Tabitha, the person that I spoke uh, did a video about being being black in Iceland. Mm-hmm. She was called a monkey 
when she was just with her friends walking down the street, somebody was drunk or maybe not drunk, who knows? And they just like literally rolled down the window. They took the time to stop their car, <gasps> roll down the window and say this to her. And at first she didn't hear it. And then they said it again. Right. It was, just, uh, yeah, it like makes very, your skin. Yeah, cool. it makes you want to punch people. Really, yeah. I mean, it's like you shouldn't be violent, but like some people deserve <laughs> to be the same time. Some people deserve to be punched. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So for me, it's been if there is any underlying thing, I'm not immediately catching it because maybe I'm I'm gonna say I'm oblivious, but I'm also just like maybe they're having a bad day. <laughs> Too, I, don't know them. <laughs> I don't know you, and they I must really, be really stuck. Yeah, and I also, <laughs> David, <laughs> it's like your life must suck. Yeah, because <laughs> mine doesn't. I'm gonna keep going. So, um, the weirdest thing for me though has been the staring, and I think because I live out of the Reykjavik city center, I live in Moso, and we're now we're moving from Moso to South Yarnassis. <laughs> you would think oh, we're nice. trying to like we're just trying to keep on the outskirts. Yeah, yeah. just suburban life. Yeah. 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 And, uh, so in Moso, it's in fact the place I got stared at and to a point where I was like, "This is dangerous," was in Outbite, and that's because woman was driving, and oh, she's shit. driving in a direction that is away from me, but I'm walking on the street, and she's turning her head around. She's no longer looking forward and just like looking at me while she's driving, and I'm like, "You're going to probably crash or something." Like this, yeah. and I and at first I was like, I legitimately thought, "Do I have something on my face?" Like you know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like when you have like food or something. I was like, "What could you be?" And I was like, "Oh, my my skin color's on my face." Okay. <laughs> That's it. That's what she's doing. Okay. Because there's nobody else on the block. I'm just walking by myself in this neighborhood, which she's probably not, you know, used to seeing black people. I don't know. Mm. It was really strange. And the staring part, even though I know Icelanders do stare at each other, because I learned this from Gunnar when he was in New York, and I'd be like, please stop staring at people. (laughs) New Yorkers are not okay with this. You will fight. You're going to get into <laughs> yeah. a fight. <laughs> yeah. And he's so he has to catch himself. So I know that is a thing. And I, I've seen other Icelanders do it to each other. But it isn't normally as long. And there isn't like, and, and because I'm not used to the facial features, which is like resting angry face a little bit, right? So <laughs> People are very smiley in the States. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, exactly. And so we were just like, oh, some for New York. but Oh, yeah, okay. But I'm from fair, California, so yeah. everyone's like, but to be fair, you're not smiling at anybody because you're not looking at them, right? You're okay, not even, course, you probably yeah. know what their shoes look like, but no. you can't tell me their face. No, yeah. So, and I've just had a, like some instances, especially like older men and like 60s, 70, like, you know, mm-hmm. retired probably individuals. To the point where I was like, you know what? I, I can make a choice about this. Because I found out that it was not that they were angry at me necessarily. Or they at least weren't doing anything to me that seemed dangerous. So I sometimes stare back. Yeah. Just for fun. <laughs> because I'm just like, you're just like, I see you. And I literally, in my mind, I'm like, I see you too, Ave. Ave means like grandpa. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. so in my head, I'm just yeah. like, yeah, you and me, grandpa. Yeah. We're staring <laughs> each other down today, and, it, and like they are. Re- sometimes they're just like, yep, we're we're both doing it until the, we pass by. Really? Yeah. and then some other people look away. Usually, everyone else looks away. But yeah, I've noticed sometimes older. you just have to like, if you st- stare back, then it like makes them conscious of the fact that yeah. they're staring. Sometimes. Sometimes. Sometimes with Ave, it doesn't work. <laughs> but I still enjoy it. And I literally like laugh once we the, the stare is gone. Yeah. Like we're, we've lost the, the contact. So I'm just like, that was so random. Mm-hmm. But good for you, sir. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't even take it as a bad thing. <laughs> and I, overall, though, I think I had, I had one experience where somebody was telling me that he had never slept with a black woman before. And I was like, well, you're not sleeping with this black woman, so I don't know why you're... That's relevant. Yeah, yeah. it was like, it was kind of like trying to do like a hit on thing. And I was just like, that is not a pickup line. Yeah, no. yeah. It's not good. Yeah. It's like, it, I'm not That's something you check off a box and be like, okay, 
You yeah. can flip me. Yeah, I got that one. I want to fulfill your dream. Fuck off. No. Yeah. Ooh, <laughs> yeah. no that yeah. is so grimy. Yeah, so, that is- and I was at a party and I was like, oh, God. Uh, and I remember that night, actually, it bothered me a lot because it was an industry party. So um, I think it's called, oh my God, the company. Elte? It's a whale watching company. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I think. Elting, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Or El- maybe it's, it's Elting the... Whale watching? Whatever. Yes. One of them. Okay. Mm-hmm. Sorry. <laughs> Elting. Uh, they have a party on Vide yeah. every year. Have mm-hmm. you heard about this? I've or? heard of it. Okay. And so uh, the company I was working for, they were like, you can sign up for tickets, whatever. And so a bunch of us went and that's where this thing happened. Okay. And I'd been drinking a lot and I just felt really offended by this thing because yeah. it was like it was my Not first surely. summer. And so I ended up crying, like drunk crying <laughs> later to Kanata. I'm like, <laughs> this person was like, Fetishizing me, yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. it was like, it was like, but like really, that's a real yeah. thing. Yeah, and because yeah, and I didn't really have anybody to talk to it like about it there because we're at a party first of all, and then I don't think the feelings really like hit me mm-hmm. until I was with him because I felt safe to talk about it, and yeah. then it just like flooded out of me. Yeah, you know. Do you f- do you feel like there's a difference between the way that people speak about race and the way that people are educated on race between like the states and Iceland? Do you yes. feel like people maybe have more of a vocab for these things, like, in the States? Depends on where you are in the States. Mm. I feel like I'm, it's fortunate in a way I'm from New York, but also unfortunate because I don't get it, like, same thing with California, right? Like, you don't get the view, if you're from L.A. or something, yeah. of what it might be for someone in the Midwest or from Texas or yeah. whatever who might live in a society where they don't talk about race, mm. right? It just, maybe they all look similar, and to them, this is not a problem or not something that they feel needs addressed, being addressed. Whereas, like, in New York, it's always something. Diversity is what makes the city in so many huge cities that there's more development and sharing of ideas and vocabulary. Mm -hmm. So, in Iceland, I think it's kind of similar to a smaller state or somewhere that's away from these places that are these bigger Mm -hmm. metropolitans. And there's ignorance around, like, what to say or how to say or how to go about doing it. There are, though, sorry, a lot of people who come from who've been traveling more and they're bringing in knowledge, which I think is great, or mm-hmm. people who are foreign-born. Mm-hmm. I was going to say, do you, like, do you feel like you have to, like, explain things? Is that, like, mm. because that can be tiring if you're, like, always, like, mm-hmm. teaching people or... Yeah, uh, it depends. So I'm, in my Icelandic family, a good chunk of them have studied abroad. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like I don't have to do it as much. Like, Gunnar was in the U.S. for eight years yeah. And as a psychologist, he was seeing a lot of people in Muncie who were black people, people of color, who were, he was going to like protests and stuff. Like he's like very abnormal <laughs> in this way of like, <laughs> in terms of individuals, in terms of Icelanders, <clears throat> because not most of them are talking about critical race theory or even having an idea of what that means, no. you know? And we were, earlier we were talking about like microaggressions and xenophobia and racism and, and explaining these things. And like you're saying, people have no idea what they are or the difference between them and using some of these like xenophobia and racism interchangeably and misrepresenting not purposefully but that's just Mm -hmm. the word they know and yeah it's i would say before 2020 summer george floyd being murdered there was even a lot less awareness Mm -hmm. a lot less willingness Mm or interest (laughs) yeah Yeah. because it was like no there's nothing wrong here what do you Mm -hmm. mean you know Mm -hmm. like they're <clears throat> Excuse me. Even though with like Dr. Christine Lofstotter, she talked about the Ten Little Negro Boys book. This is an old topic. Okay, mm-hmm. this this has come up multiple times. And in fact, there's probably people in some groups who purposefully bring it up every once in a while because they're bored and their life sucks, obviously, because they need to like make people feel like crap in order to bring this up so they can cause controversy. But she talks about this book and like like how Eisenhower's reacted. Those who were 
in like um, who were opposed to it being republished, those who were in favor of it, those who were kind of on the borderline, and then like a lot of people who were foreign born not feeling that they had the voice to say anything. That mm-hmm. was like the most interesting to me. It's like the people who can probably give you <laughs> the most insight on this also, don't know. feel like they have the authority to mm-hmm. because you don't want to be so outside of the group. Right. You don't want to be that person that's no. like, I, I don't look like I'm from here. I don't act like I'm from here because I'm, I'm not technically. But mm. like I've been living here maybe for 20 years or 15 years. I have, you know, perspective. But if I say that, then I'm different, you know, and maybe mm-hmm. I, so yeah. I'll just keep my mouth shut and just yeah. be safe. Mm-hmm. So it's just super interesting. Um, <clears throat> and the idea of like, yeah, we want everybody to be the same. We aren't all the same. Mm-hmm. Right. And and there's nothing wrong with seeing color and there's nothing wrong with seeing culture and there's nothing wrong with accepting and integrating and realizing that we all have like our own mix of things that make us unique. And also there are certain aspects in our society that are horribly broken and certain people who have been discriminated against or, you know, there's been racism written into the system or whatever else. So if we don't acknowledge those things, we're basically invalidating people's experiences. And that's what so like bothers me when I like realized that I was, because of my own experience, not aware, right? It's like, I felt like I was, again, in this bubble of like, everything mm. is great. Iceland is great, right? <laughs> I've been here a couple of years. <laughs> like, people at work, we talk about things. We mostly talked about Trump because it was the, you know, the topic that, you know, I woke up that morning crying. I was, when I woke up and yeah. saw that Hillary lost, I literally cried. And I was like, I don't know if I can go to work today. Because I'm the only American that, like, the only North American, the only person from the United States who works in this office. So you were going to be, you were going to have to comment on this. Yes. And I was like, I do not want to do that because I don't have an answer for you. Right. I don't know. I did not do this. I did not vote for it. I voted. Mm -hmm. And so that was the hardest part was to like having the political aspect. But then later on, when it came to talking about race, it was like, now I feel kind of alone. Because before the gathering, I don't know if you were able to go to that. The Black but, Lives Matter. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That was insane. It was yeah, so good. So many people. First of all, where are all these people? Right? Yeah. It was so many people of color, so many black people. And I was like, I've never seen this mix of diversity in Iceland in one place ever. Yeah. And I just was so grateful for it. And I was grateful that so many people were there to learn and get a better understanding And then there were people who were asking me, like, oh, what about resources? I was like, there are links. So I would just share a link instead of, like, sitting there and trying to explain things because I didn't want to do that either. I was already in my own fields. And like you were saying, like, in the U.S., you feel like or wherever, you know, you're Mm -hmm. from the U.K. or Yeah. Yeah. And uh, you're feeling you're not there. Right. So you're not there to feel like you're part of the movement. But you're still deeply connected, like your whole, your existence, yeah, you know, sure. in terms of like how you defined yourself and yeah. were brought up is from this place and you're just seeing it burn in a way, right? Yeah. Like this, all of this stuff that is so hurtful and killings and whatever else. And so I felt really alone before that gathering because there was so many feelings inside of me. And even though I talked to my husband about it, he only understands to a degree. I mean, he's a white guy with blue eyes and blonde hair. You know what I mean? Like he has crazy privilege and he's tall. Mm-hmm. Right? So this is like, so if you could talk about like, right? I'm just, I mean, this is go statistically by like people who get a lot of like things in life in terms of acceptance or I remember in uh, Indiana, I was visiting and this guy was like, I want to be your friend because you're from Iceland and I don't have a friend from Iceland. 
It's like, I'm sorry, what? <laughs> Are you collecting countries? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, friends from countries? But, like, that was, like, and it was like, oh, my God, this, this guy, he this looks like a Viking. An Icelandic Viking. Yes, he looks like a Viking. He must be my friend. Yeah. And it's like, what's so gross? Like, what, what about actual interpersonal connections? <laughs> you not, he could be a horrible person. <laughs> and, but you want to be able to say that I know this guy yeah. from this small country that probably most other people don't know. <sighs> yeah. So, just that, yeah. right? Like, yeah idea of things was so bizarre for me and I think getting community too around it helped me a lot helped me a lot with just feeling like hey of course I'm not the only person doing this but there are a lot of people here and then hearing the stories that came out after that of like people who are of Asian descent like have mixed culture heritage there and like it blew my mind and it shattered a vision I had of Iceland that needed to be shattered. Yeah, I definitely. Needed, I needed to open up and evolve and mm-hmm. be okay with Iceland not being a perfect place. Yeah. I think we've had similar experiences. We've talked about or not experiences, but we talk I, like I always I'm always talking about the like way that with the refugee crisis that was happening mm-hmm. this summer, that completely shattered everything for me. Mm-hmm. I was like gutted yeah. about that because I didn't expect it. So, I think there is a kind of I think we're living in quite a unique time because things are happening yeah. and people are forced to, you know, reevaluate what's actually going on. And I, exactly. I personally think it's really great, even if it's painful and yeah. and uncomfortable. You see the value in the growth from it. Mm-hmm. And yeah. like, you know, it's like a flower breaking through the concrete, yeah. right? Yeah. Or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> something poetic like yes, that. Yes, exactly. <laughs> um, I'm aware that you have places to be yeah also. i do have i also think that was just stuff. like a really nice note to end on yeah it was so nice talking to you yeah like i feel like i was laughing though yeah <laughs> just that's killing i'm a bit of a jokester because like it's like you know i think life in general no matter what it's gonna happen Shit's gonna go down, but it's also like beautiful, fun moments. And even in the shit that's terrible, we can sometimes. I think that's maybe you grow up like that too. You learn to laugh at some things. They're like, oh, you look like shitty, yeah. <laughs> like, but I'm okay. I'm gonna be all right. <laughs> maybe I need some therapy, but I'll be all right. <laughs> yeah. Humor is such a yeah. It's a powerful tool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But um, where can people find you if they wanna yeah check you out? Well, All Things Iceland is the name of the podcast. It's the name of my YouTube channel. It's the name of my Instagram. It's mm. like Facebook as well. And allthingsiceland.com is you know, where you can find like episodes or Spotify, Google Podcasts. Anywhere you listen to podcasts, nice. All Things Iceland is there. So yeah, I love connecting with people and I really appreciate chatting with both of you. It's been so great. And like I said, I'm, I'm super excited about what you're doing. And I'm just uh, also grateful because I think also focusing on this experience of specifically living here like what we have 15.5 percent of the population is of foreign origin Mm -hmm. talk about a need being met right like so thank you (laughs) for for that and just yeah the continued success with your podcast cheers to that cheers to that (laughs)